People say to me, Dave, 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 now you made number one. Now you're getting up there at the top. How does it feel? How does it feel? And I've thought about it a million different ways. Somebody, a young lady the other night said to me, Dave, I know you're really making it big now. She said, you know, but you can't buy love. And I said to myself, you know, you're absolutely correct but I can darn sure pull my yacht right up next to it and walk over. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Middle Age Metalheads. I am Colin Bossler and we, we've been on a break, fellas, it seems. Anyway, we've it's like broken like for three sure. weeks or something since our last episode. I don't know, why, I don't know why I'm so tired. Busy. <laughs> I guess, yeah. So I'm with Michael Stamps in Sellersville, Pennsylvania. I'm with John Harden in Austin, Texas. Yo. David Timoney now in the States again, back in Philadelphia. Yo. Yo. Yo, and uh, yeah, it's nice to see you guys again. I think the only you thing too. we have in common is that Metallica, Metallica show, which will probably come up very soon. But uh, yeah, I think that that was definitely the sort of epic adventure of August for for all of us. That kind of like in our own different ways, we all went to the show except for David. Yeah, uh, didn't see one another at all. But <laughs> I, I'm gonna, gonna say, like, when we get to that thing, how does that even uh, happen? What? It's just even happen. Big crowd, man. Three layers. Yeah, like three you levels. know where yeah. your seats are. We're not, we're not even going to play the weekend metal song this week. We'll just launch into it. So <laughs> the uh, the the no, the seventy five percent weekend metal story this week is the M seventy two weekend uh, has brought its show to America, and uh, Colin and Mike went and saw it in uh, what East Rutherford, correct? Mm -hmm. in yep. New That's Jersey. right there in New Jersey. I saw it this past weekend in Arlington, Texas. Um, let's let's so, talk so a about, little bit so about, about it. Three, about, about three weeks apart, I guess. That's That's been a while, yeah. But like, I yeah. guess we, we did the Queen's Reich episode in between, so that's, you know, so we haven't been, we haven't been away so long. But we did. Still. Colin. Colin was highly anticipating Pantera. Colin, how the <laughs> how that how that pay off? They were fantastic. I, I was so I was too. I was really impressed. I, I I was more well. I was impressed by two things. I was impressed by Zach, and not because he's Zach. We all know how I feel about him. But I was but I was impressed by how he fit into Pantera's music and did not zack it up too much, if you will. And very, very restrained. Absolutely agree. And Phil Anselmo, I was, I, he, he was not decrepit and old. I was expecting kind of a, a feeble attempt. And I'll tell you what, man, the guy- I wasn't even worried age-wise. I was just worried that, you know, in, in the past decade, at least, Phil's been a bit of a mess. Like, like most Phil Anselmo stories about him doing lame bullshit, a lot more it overshadows the music and he was spot on when I, in the show i saw and, and we saw it in texas so it's like you know if if there is a region that pantera identifies with it is north texas and it's where they're from it's where it's where dime and and vinny were from and uh they just got a thunderous response i i mean and they were and like you said colin like zach fit right in he toned back his his personal style to play. He wasn't copying Dime. He was adding his own his own bit. flavor to it, but bit. it wasn't it wasn't the pinch harmonics. It wasn't it wasn't what you come to expect as the quote unquote typical Zach Wilde guitar uh, approach. And I, I thought 
I just thought they were great. Like, I mean, we were we were talking amongst ourselves. There is not a single reason they shouldn't continue uh, after after this round of opening for Metallica and then and then the small one-off shows they're doing. In between, they should go make a record and go back out on tour. And uh, and they'll they'll sell out. I mean, people, it, the appetite is there. Yeah, it is de definitely like uh, one of the most, again, because if, if people don't know, then, and, and again, if they don't know, then, then they're just dumb. Um, but like, if you bought a ticket for Metallica, you bought tickets for two Metallica shows and two different sets of opening bands. And you, if you got you saw Pantera at least on one night. And uh, so we, we got in there for the first night on Friday. That was obviously the same show that you saw, Colin, right? Yeah. Uh, from, did you see Mammoth or no? No, traffic took that away from us. Uh, Mike, we, did you we, see him? No, but it did, didn't, didn't see Mammoth either. No, I, I, th I thought they were quite good. I, I got in in time to see them in Arlington. It's a bad matchup. They're not. They're they're a mismatch on the bill. Like I I really like Wolfgang. I like the new album. Um, it's cool that they're getting the chance to play to some really big crowds, but they're also opening for Pantera and Metallica, and it's yeah, just like it's... you know. Musically, it's a bad matchup. But but again, it, it it adds a little. At least when you when you look at the posters, like yeah, that sounds like a good fit. Like sonically, you know, just everything else. Just, yeah, it it, it did, didn't fit. Yeah, but uh, and and again, I I think we saw we saw them at uh, MMR a couple years ago, and that was yeah. like that was enough. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, so like m most most of the opening act is like just total sort of like I could hear him from the parking lot while I'm drinking free beer, uh, relatively free beer, and that's that's good enough for me. But uh, Colin, you you saw the, the Pantera from David seats? Yeah. So unfortunately, okay. So like, David... those those were good seats, motherfucker. Well, hey, look! I hooked you up, <laughs> man. I hooked great you up. Seats. I, I right there at the, at the at the bottom at the bottom first first row. Yeah, David had the gold labeled seats that for some reason, yeah. uh, he, well, he'll get to that. I'm sure he couldn't use. So uh, when Shane and I went with uh, his wife and and son, we ended up with six seats that we had. Shane had two. I had four. And uh, obviously Shane and I sat down there on the on the uh, the front row, and yeah, that was the that was. The kids are like, don't waste the good tickets on the life of the kids. <laughs> no, no, they sat in the 100 section. Um, <laughs> and then unfortunately, I was doing something really fun uh, personally on Sunday. I couldn't make the second show, so I missed show, so I made sure that Michael and Cherie had the chance to use uh, David's, you know, share that generosity. And uh, tell you what, they were some pretty good seats for Pantera and for Metallica that night. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, like our, our experience with Pantera was up in the, anybody familiar with the East Rutherford uh, Arena Met Live, we were in the, the third upper tier, all the way at the top of the third tier. Like oh, we call those like, the Colin seats. We, like yeah. we were like looking at the back <laughs> yeah. of the Colin Bosler Memorial. Reserved. That's right. Bob Bucher yeah. was sitting That's in Colin front of orbiting us. over New Jersey to uh, <laughs> see Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> right. and, and that wasn't that wasn't the worst thing, but like the sound was like echo, echo, echo. You couldn't uh, yeah. get, you really couldn't really get anything. And then it's easier just like you know, just do the whole sort of like Dante's, you know, cycling down through all the realms of MetLife and then just pop in like, <laughs> this sounds much better. And then we took Colin's seats were like, that were like on the second ring. And it's like, 
oh my gosh, this is an amazing upgrade. And then the, for the second night, we got David's seats and it's like, oh shit. This is just as good as like, you know, as you as anything. So, um, so it worked out. And again, like it was bullshit because it seemed like all of us had tickets to burn and throw away, but there was nobody in this world that would take them. Thank you, fucking Ticketmaster, you whore. Yeah, I mean that's a it, that's a weird you thing, whore. right? Because yeah. I think I think they. And I don't know. If, I don't know if anybody of those people are smart enough to capitalize on the Taylor Swift hype, but they sure as heck made it seem like tickets were going to be impossible to get. So I remember all of us got on that wagon fast, and and my rationale was rather than buy like I was going to buy like four seats up, you know, somewhere up in the nosebleeds just to be in the room, and I was like, you know what? Let that's, me buy. That's, that's that's exactly what we did. Let it's me like, spend the same month. Let me spend the same money for like half as many seats and like I'll take one per I'll take a friend of mine at the one show I'll take a friend of mine at a different friend of the second show so I mean but at the end of the day you know uh, I think we all go through that where it's like those that money's gone and my life is super stressful and I was like let me just unload these to people who will absolutely appreciate them and not even think about them anymore yeah. and I was so glad that they could get used that way because you know whatever whatever the case is you just want some at that point you're like if i can't make a little money i want him to <laughs> i want him to I guess, go to somebody you, 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 you got a bottle of whiskey coming at you Woo! <laughs> so, but yeah yeah much appreciation and uh again yeah i think everybody like burned a lot of extra money on uh, uh, on the whole thing but again we're grousing like a bunch of middle-aged fucks mike did you see uh did you see either of the openers on on the second day uh ice age nine is that what they're called ice ice nine ice kills, nine kills. Ice nine, oh, okay no so that's a no yeah or or five figure death cloud no, i didn't see that either yeah, I, the, the Ice Nine band sounds like it was made out of like a random metal band. Generated. You know, I, I I missed Ice Nine entirely, and I was in the lounge during Five Finger Death Punch. But you could hear the crowd responded to Five Finger Death Punch. Like they they, they did. did get a big response. It somebody, wasn't for me. Somebody got five fingers. Like yeah, <laughs> I could I could hear it going on out there, and it was not for me. But uh, it sounded like they were well received. It, it, it's, yeah, and again, like that's. That's like good sort of like, you know, value added selection and stuff. And Metallica did what they usually do. It's like they they look out for themselves and they're thinking like, well, pad this, pad that. And uh, and, and it all worked out. I think that's, that's the whole sort of thing that we should probably focus on too. It's like, how the fuck awesome was Metallica? I was not impressed. Really? Oh my gosh! Okay, let's let's start with that, Colin. You you just saw them on the Friday night, their first right. night in America, and not impressed. I mean, it was good. I find that very believable. Yeah, it, it was. I, I, I loved it. I mean, I had I had a bit different experience because I had a snake pit ticket, and so oh, yeah. I was yeah. I was in the middle of the stage, and I've seen Metallica. I don't even know how many times at this point. 15, 12, 15 times over my life. Yeah, I mean, dude, the first time I saw them when I, I was 15, I'm 52. Like, I've seen them a bunch of times. And 
We saw him like three times before he got out of high school. Yeah, I, you know, it was, and this time I gotta say was just incredible. I was, the snake pit ticket was expensive, and I was, you know, at the time I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. Like, how many, how many more times am I gonna see them? Probably not that many. And I was like, I'm just gonna do it, and it was worth it, entirely worth it. Like, I, I mean, there were there were times, like they they really get into, they they play to the crowd and and to the crowd that's right in front of them and i swear even though i think there's like they said there's between like eight and nine hundred people on the inside of the snake pit it felt like a club gig and the way the way lars's drum set moves around that circle he's got four drum sets so everyone gets a chance to sort of be near lars when he's playing i i mean the second time his drum set came up it was probably only I don't know, 10 feet away from me, 15 feet. Like, and while that's happening, James, no, this is no exaggeration. Couldn't have been more than three feet away from me playing a solo. Like I, I, I took pictures and the, they're just like, oh right yeah, we, in your we face. saw the fucking pictures. Oh, bro. pictures are amazing. Dude, and then some amazing. of those pictures, some of the best pictures I just took with my phone. I was telling David, I was too close to the band for, to use a camera. And so I had to use my phone because I, w I was able to shoot better. And I, I don't know, I, it was awesome. Like, and, and, not, and on top of that, I really liked both set lists. Uh, they, they had stuff that they don't play a lot. I thought, you know, they played Orion. I thought it was yeah. fucking killer. Like, right. uh, so that really, I, I, I'm looking at like, Colin's like scrunchy face there. So Colin, let's let's like let's just dig into like why you were so underwhelmed by it though, because obviously John and I were like definitely like. Well, so, I, you, so you know, you know, fun. you know, I'm not impressed by the new album. So there goes those right. songs right out the okay, window. Okay, so yeah, that's beer. But you'll walk and get a beer. <laughs> right, and, and I got <laughs> to see. I got to see what I thought was the better night set list wise. I got, I got to see the songs I wanted to see. Yeah, but but I just, I think I, I think night one was better on my show as well. Okay. Yeah. I, I just when I look at where they are, their catalog, their ability, I think it's just like the Marvel movies, right? You hit Endgame, you know where Marvel can go. I know what Metallica can do. I would love the Hardwired tour. I love the Death Magnetic tour. This tour, I didn't love. I was just like, I appreciate it. You know, great stuff, but I was like. You got to bring more, man. You're Metallica. You got all this money coming in. You got this. I love the concept. It's basically a festival. I, yeah. I didn't. I didn't even know about the parking lot stuff till till like a week before. Like overkill's wrong. I think that was that was kind of like a pop. Those were like pop up gigs. That yeah, like, and John said it was some pop up T-shirt. Yeah, I, I, I gotta say, and... like, like as far as like a curated experience, I, I have to hand it to them. And yes, it all makes money for the band, and and it's but some of it doesn't but uh you know they had other things scheduled throughout the weekend because they play on friday and they, because they play on sunday saturday is a bit of a down day for the band i went to ross halfen uh, the photographer who has been following metallica really since since ride the lightning uh he's he's been working with him he put out a book uh, a couple years ago he put out uh when they had the 30th anniversary of the black album uh, release he put out a book called uh, the black album in black and white he did a thing at a theater where he brought a bunch of his metallica photos uh stefan shirazi uh the rock journalist who has worked with metallica for you know also several decades was the moderator and they talked 
about the photos and the work that Ross had done over the years with them. And then midway through his talk, Kirk Hammett and Robert popped up and they joined the conversation too. So, you know, we're sitting in a movie theater with half of Metallica uh, talking about these photos. Killer. Awesome, awesome experience. And then Ross signed books afterwards. I know later on that day uh, in the same theater, they had um, like a Metallica movie festival. So they showed they showed some of their old like they showed like Binge and Purge and they showed uh, cunning stunts, I want to say. And like, I, I don't know if they showed some kind of monster, but like they were showing Metallica films. And then at another club across town, they had three Metallica cover bands, all playing yeah. different eras of Metallica. So Is it's like, like, do they have like a midget Metallica like Kiss? Sadly, no. <laughs> but but I just just saying like, if you wanted to make you know for for Metallica super fans, it there was enough there. There was as much or as little as you wanted to take part in. Yeah, and, and I, I and guess it, the last thing I'd say about Metallica set that impressed me, especially like night one, 16 songs from 10 different records. Like one, most bands can't even do that. And two, I liked the fact that, that it was really spread across their their entire career. And, and you know, the, the next night, another 16 songs and let me see, off 10 records. So, uh, you know, I, it's and, and, and again, it was it, it, as, as as I you know sort of commenting, uh, you know, on uh, what's that fucking show the, with the guy with the hair metal, the with the Eddie Trunk show and stuff, and then just like cut me off because he's a cunt. Uh, and, and and also, I'm sorry, Colin, I didn't mean that to like you know disrespect Eddie Trunk. You know, I'm okay. I, I know that you you love him so much, it's but right Eddie. There. Very it's dear like, friend. It, 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 that's that's the thing. Metallica, like the whole theme that James set, kept reiterating was like, you are part of the Metallica family, and you were, and again he was speaking that's like you're supposed to bring multi generational member, and 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 you know definitely like spreading it across like you know from Kill 'Em All all the way to the to the most recent record and hitting like all the spots in between. That's it, not going to satisfy everybody. But it's going to satisfy the majority of folks. And again, like, I love a good sort of shit song because, like, not to shit, but just, like, get out, go go running up the steps, get another beer because the lines are going to be really short. Everybody should play Say Yeah for that song. They played a Saint Anger song on night two, Colin. You missed that. Did oh, that, that, all right. That would have been they, nice. They played Dirty Window. Okay. Uh, right. They totally did. They totally did. Yeah, um, I would have appreciated again, like, that. The, the, I, but the, but the first night was like, again, like it was a great experience. And the, the guys too, like, especially like watching like uh, James and Kirk and Robert, like those guys like worked that whole sort of like big wobbly circle really expertly. They're in like really good shape for dudes their age, which is, you know, a testament to like something, you know, for, in James' case, like a lot of rehab. But uh, like Kirk was just like he's walking around ripping off, ripping all of these great solos and smiling at the fans and whipping around his hair, wearing blousy sort of like uh, you know Hawaiian shirts and stuff, just like so casually, like he's like yeah, you guys like this music, everybody likes this music, like forty, you know, you know, the age range from like sixty to ten years old, and he's like yeah, this is awesome, isn't it? 
he's having fun and it just it felt it felt fun and they they drag with like you know i, I did did right. not expect them to bring some orion but they totally did and it was like yeah it bums me oh out that colin gosh. didn't like that i thought it was incredible dude it was the incredible. break like like the break when it rises up in the middle of orion was like I just incredible. don't. Yeah, that's that's just not. Yeah. That's just not my. Yeah. I don't. I, that song is not a favorite. I don't know. But they, they did. They did like Harvester of Sorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, again. They like, too had no leaf clover, which I there love. There was nothing live. left on the table. It was you know. Yeah. There was second. There was the second night, so they had to leave something for the other night. But like, I don't know. It was. Uh, it was pretty spectacular. I, yeah. I mean, night, night two started. Started what? Uh, Night two started whiplash into for whom the bell tolls into ride the lightning. Right. Yeah. And it's a pretty good way to get things going. Like it was, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was awesome. You know, they threw in some sanitarium in there in the second night. It was, it was pretty fucking awesome. You know, Shri was like losing her mind <laughs> for, for, for whom the bell tolls. That's like her favorite song. It was awesome. Ever. You know, but, uh, yeah, so David again, like sorry you 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 weren't able to like see any of this despite no, he, he the... was able. He chose not to. Right? Well he had yeah, he had other I, mean, I, I, I honestly I I could have. Um, but the level of exhaustion and stress it would have brought into my life was not worth it. And that is unfortunately the decision of a middle-aged metalhead, <laughs> where we say, I yeah, am let, not... let, me, let me tell you, David, two, two Metallica shows in three days doesn't do a 52-year-old that well, let me tell you. No, like, I, I mean, mean... Especially when you're doing all, this, all the side shit, too. There was John. some pain. Yeah, it was worth it. Yeah, I mean, so you guys did all that stuff. And I recently was able to scramble my butt over to the Ardmore Music Hall with my man Stymie and see Fishbone on the 13th. Right. And that looked great. Dude, I got to tell you, man, the, the venue is a, a tiny little venue, right? It's like stage and there's like room for it's a tiny little room and there's a bar like half the room is a bar. The other half of the room is like stage on one end and then the stage takes up maybe a third or a quarter of that space and then there's room for a couple hundred people and there's some there's some vip seating area there as well but nonetheless i've seen i've seen a lot of acts there and uh, it's a great place sounds sounds great the food and the beer is really good there um but i gotta tell you man i've been i haven't seen fishbone since like reality my reality of my surroundings i saw him at the at the yeah, fast like lane 2 92 yeah i saw him at the fast lane 2 in asbury park new jersey in like 91 or 92 yeah, and yeah. they were that's i've told you about that gig they played for 3 hours they opened with the sanford and son theme and they just played forever wow everybody that's was funny. out of beer money everybody was out of pot and everybody was just like stop playing, playing. Too long. it was they you know they they found that spot where it's like how Fishbone could play forever. No, 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 no. Not at that time in our lives. They could. We were dying. <laughs> my dealer is not returning my beat. Um, but let me tell you, dude, they knocked out 23 songs, all hits, dude. Every, they opened with Sunless Saturday and Bonin' in the Boneyard. And I'm like, how do you start with that? Like, where are you going? When you're starting with Sunless Saturday and Bonin' in the Boneyard, coming dude, out hard. They 
freaking destroyed it. They've got three original members in the band now. Um, they, they had like a cool like guitar feature like really really late in the set, and I, I kind of thought later I was like they should have had that sooner. Because if you're a dude like me who hasn't seen it since the original lineup, it would have been nice to kind of draw him into my attention and all that. But, you know, I, I finally found a parking spot, and I'm walking up, I'm standing there with Stymie, and freaking Angelo Moore walks by, like, fist bumps him, yo, man, what's up, and goes inside. I'm like, what is happening right now? But they sounded killer. They were so good. And I've been... I won't say resistant, like I've heard Stymie, like, oh, you know, he sees them every time they come through almost, I think. And he's always talking about how great they are, and you know, me with like the bands. We know you. I don't know about this. Iron Maiden's across the street, but. Uh. <laughs> but this is like Fish, like, there was a time that Fishbone was just Angelo Moore. You know what I mean? Uh, and, yeah. and, and or, or just Angelo and, and uh, Norwood Fisher or something. And it's like, I'm like, ah. Dude, they were so freaking good. And then afterwards, I, you know, let's go over to the merch table. Angelo's selling, like, artwork. You know, he's hanging out there. He's, like, talking to me, talking to Stymie, talking to some other folks. I picked up a piece of artwork. I'm like, this is way better than a shirt. He signed it. I framed it. <laughs> and what a great freaking time, dude. It's, if you can check, go check out Fishbone, funky, heavy, just so much energy. I don't know how old Angelo Moore is, dude, but he did not stop. He didn't pull, like, the Glenn, run in the back, get a drink, and some oxygen. Dude, he was on stage killing it. You know, they, they did, like, Hide Behind My Glasses, Skanking on the Beat, Party at Ground Zero, Everyday Sun. They did Freddy's Dead. We're like, they started Freddy's Dead. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, dude. Yeah. Like, every song. I, they were, like, at one point, they broke into Immigrant Song, and uh, some others, you know, it was in absolutely insane. There was only maybe like one or two songs I didn't know. They were on like some of the newer EPs or something. But dude, so good. It's got to be a video of that. Of that. Yeah. Uh, Looks like they've around. got. Uh, they still got a handful of dates too. They're playing in the U.S. throughout November. That's cool. So, yeah, definitely go. Definitely go. Killer, killer game. And, and Fishbone is definitely going to be a lot cheaper than Metallica, and it's just one night. Probably. And also, <laughs> dude, what, was, what was the artwork that you got there? I, I remember seeing that. I got, so he's he's doing these, like, manipulated photo prints of, like, famous folks. So the one I bought was Screaming Jay Hawkins. There you go. There's, like, some right, lettering yeah. over, there's some lettering over it. It says, like, Crocodile, crocodile Wine. Um, in the background, he did. There's, I think, there's a Basquiat print that he's done, and uh, what else is there? Hendrix. Don't worry about copyright at all. Just well, it's it's. Um, Sorry. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's cool, man. It's it's no, really I, really cool stuff. But you know, obviously, there was there were other things. They had books he's written and some like 45s. Really cool stuff uh, at the merch table. Nice. Um, there was an awesome. There was like this killer like basketball jersey. That had like F racism and the, the the fish, and I'm like, I would totally buy that and wear it like after I got out of the house, so the kids didn't see it because our kids are oh you because know, you don't want tiny your little bubble say, like, fuck racism it's like racism stop <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll have to get no, rid of my no, racism is fantastic you, shirt and, as uh, your kids continue to grow up they'll figure out like how badass you are Dave. They, yeah, yeah I just yeah. 
you're I'm not drunk. a big proponent of walking around with shirts. Not not since high school have I worn shirts that have. Uh, you, but you, you could get away with that in Philly for sure. Yeah, yeah, you could. Yeah, part of school uniform in some cases. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's that's all I got. That's all. Oh yeah, and uh, Metallica. How about that? Oh yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> How about those those crazy kids? How about those Metallicas? <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, what are we God talking damn. about? It is so hot. My my legs are sweating. I'm gonna you know, <laughs> don't really know how that works. Be his underwear by the time the podcast Just, is over. I, I so <laughs> badly want want an old fashioned ice truck to come to David's house so he could sit on a the big block while we do the podcast. <laughs> like, is there, like, is there no air conditioning in that cargo container? <laughs> it's, uh, so wait, it's what are it's we noisy. doing tonight? Van Halen. Oh, yeah, oh, somebody gosh. decided some Van Halen deep cuts. I don't know who Van it was. Van Halen was awesome. deep cuts. You know, last year we did a, a, a Kiss deep cuts episode. That was that was a good time. We decided to uh, to start doing some deep cuts episodes. And uh, our next one in the series is Van Halen. Did you guys see that video this week of, of you, from you the 1984 tour? I didn't watch it yet. No. I mean, it's it's well, out. it's gone. Uh, luckily, Whoa. Colin... You have a friend who uh, might have thought that it would be taken down and preemptively grabbed it. Oh, um, that's a good yeah. friend. A- anyway, yeah, like you know, there's, well, there's so there's so little pro shot Van Halen footage from a lot of those tours. They just don't have much, or if they do, it hasn't been released. You know, like everything else in Van Halen world, it's sort of kept behind locked doors but somehow some some one hour video of castle donnington in 1984 got out this week onto youtube and it was awesome like really great clear footage uh van halen wasn't headlining donnington that year acdc was um you know van halen was never as big abroad as they were in the u.s uh, but they were they were the the you know right under acdc in the support slot and it was awesome. It just, it, and what's wild is it, when they shot this video, it's not that long until they break up, until they part ways with Dave, but they're firing on all cylinders. They're getting along, they're they're laughing and having a good time backstage. Like it, it doesn't paint a picture of a band that's about to break up. Um, I, it, it was really cool. Anyway, like, uh, you know, which is, I, I know. Which is a good contrast to like, the 83 video related to the us festival where it looks like well if they're not about to break up there's definitely <laughs> there's a loose cannon and well that was in san bernardino man it's a long ride people were pissed right yeah well, I, think, I, I, I think it was i think it came via helicopter but like uh, you know kobe style oh is it too soon anyhow but like uh you know so like right there in that in that particular era 80, 83 84 like they are basically the biggest band in America uh you know putting out all these great songs all these great videos thanks to like the 1984 bit uh album uh which does not actually show up at all on our deep cuts because 
Give me a deep cut off of 1984. Yeah, everyone does every song. And we we can talk about that. I struggled a little bit finding deep cuts because it turns out like most of the Van Halen songs I love were released as as singles. So, or were played often live. I mean, but even even the ones that were like, I'm not a huge Van Halen fan. Like, I like them, but I like, I, I never owned, I owned 1984, but that was it. Diver uh-huh. down that got it at a garage sale, but you look through the first three, four albums. I've heard every single one of those songs. Yeah, like, of I, course. I don't know, I don't know not, that I would not, consider not a, a lot of those lot of like, Well, also, you know, even if it wasn't an official single, because those albums are so iconic and they've they've just been played on FM, AOR, rock radio our whole lives, pretty yeah. much. So they uh, you they know. find their way into movies. So this this is a really tricky, interesting, you know, uh, project that we're, you know, about to unveil here. It's like, how do you like give people some deeper insight into Van Halen than they might not already have? And it's like, I think we did a pretty good job. There's there's some there's some interest there's some fucking interesting picks on here. Just gonna say, <laughs> let's there, listen to those fucking interesting. All right. Picks. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna count up to three, and I got we are everyone ready. So get your cursor going, and we're gonna do the Uno Dos Trays. I love this intro. Yeah. I'm on this got the lead uh, track this evening. I'm on that was the, me. Uh, is that, yeah. is that you? Yeah. So what we got here is some uh, hear about it later. This is off uh, which record? Who, who actually who picked this one? This is I, fair I warning. Off a of fair warning, yeah. I just think that there's such a cool vibe at the beginning of this song. You get a lot later, but I just I really like this easygoing beginning. And even this rhythm is not crazy aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I like the vocals, and I think it's just a smooth, smooth song. I think we talked about that a little bit, Colin, when we did the uh, when Eddie passed, and we did that episode of he he liked to noodle around in different styles, and mm-hmm. so every once in a while, a Van Halen record, you get a little, you know what? I'm just gonna sneak some flamenco guitar in right here, or I'm gonna <laughs> do this, like you know, this song when once it gets going, you know. It sounds like a Van Halen song, but like with that, he was probably just like, yeah, I did this in the studio and it sounds good. Guess what? This is how the song starts. Damn. You know? Yeah. And and, and, and again, this, this, this is a song, again, if people slept on the Fair Warning record or they just, they just know some of like the hits off of it, which is super cool, but like this is right in there is like a real sort of like baller of the song. Uh, it starts I, I love this too. album, and and oh, two of so my good. three are from this record as well. And and we yeah, we talked you, about uh, you stole you stole selections from me, bro. Oh, did I? You yeah, I mean, list. you know, the, the cool thing, you know, we've always talked about how Van Halen's definitely one of those bands, a, li- a little bit like Motley Crue, where they have like here's here's a studio album that we made, and here's one that the label forced us to do while we were out on the road. You know, the, ta- <laughs> the top covers and right. things like that. Fair Warning is definitely one of those studio records. It's not, it's, they didn't call it in. It's all original. It's like, and, uh, and, and it's, it's a feral record. Like it, it, there's, there's some angry stuff on it. Like, you know, like, like harsh playing. And it's not, it's not one of the bigger commercial records in the Van Halen catalog, 
Um, but it's one of my faves. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, like, I listen to these songs. Like, it, I feel like in, in, at least in the Dave era, you get like this sense that they're taking turns who's driving the song. Yeah. And despite all the guitar in this record, Alex is driving this song. It's that like driving, st really straightforward drum beat that comes as soon as it kicks in. That you're like, you know, Alex is the one pushing this song along, as opposed to other songs that we'll hear that Eddie or Dave are really, really pushing it. Or you know, in the case, in the case of the bass player, whatever. What we're hearing right now is like, like Alex is like setting the sort of like tempo, the bass. And he's like letting everybody else, like you, like you often refer to, is like give them space to like do their thing. Because here comes the solo, and then like all the all the other sort of elements are coming in. But like it's it's like this is a really interesting break. That that particular moment there, it's yeah. like I just think about that. There's that one close up. I think it's in the video for for Jump. It like it jumps in on 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 uh, Alex Van Halen, and he is just like. Stare at the camera, just yeah, yeah, really pushing the engineer. He's the one who's driving the fucking train. And then other times, you know, Eddie takes off, and everybody's trying to keep up. You know, and there's definitely going to be some of those on this list as well. Yeah. But yeah, th this song has like some really just like killer breaks to it, where everybody kind of like spaces out, almost sort of like a like a jazz ensemble, and they just sort of like. You do this, you do that, and then then it all kind of gels together. It's it's uh, definitely not like how bands work these days, especially not how like the producers would produce like a, a song like this, they, where they would just make it a little bit more formulaic and a lot more sort of like uh, I don't know high volume. Eddie added a little flair at the end Woo. too of the guitar. I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. Always. And of course, you got like you got you got the DLR. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> So who's so, this? Whose song is uh, is, is so, up now? Ah, this yes, Michael's. Yes. So this is off Van Halen 2, Light up the sky. Great song. Which, which is a song I think I probably slept on for a while, probably longer than I needed to. But uh, this again, is Colin's like, record, right? That's right. Yeah. All 32 minutes of it. For <laughs> <laughs> 29 or 31 or whatever the hell it is. Super fast. This is one of the longer songs on Van Halen, too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> At well, 312. At 312. Uh, yeah, 312. But, it, it, but like, it, it's interesting in the way it's like, in the sense, like, the song is not about, like, chicks or parties or anything. It's like, it's a little cosmic and thoughtful. And it's, uh, you know, as like a little kind of DLR social commentary about, like, <laughs> looking at the TV and, like, open up your fucking eyes. But like it just drives, and again, like just we'll go back to David's establishing theme here. It's like just listen to the drums, just sort of like chugging along, you know. And, and, and as Eddie whirs along in the guitars, you know, you got the Michael Anthony and Ed Eddie sort of like background vocals, which are just like signature shit. Absolutely, right there. Yeah. That's how you know it's a Van Halen song. Not even the guitar. It's like. Michael Anthony and and, and, and and Eddie doing those those great sort of like high pitched vocals. Yeah, I mean it's background. it's a shame. The thing that drives me nuts about the production on this record is the over over compressed bass. You get that clicky thump. Mm. This part's so cool. Yep, yep. 
Yeah, you can hear it when the playlist before this call and talk about it. Uh, I just think it's just a funky, a funky break there. And I just I like it. It's just so creative. Yeah, it, 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 so when John like put the list together, it's like, oh, shit, if that was my talk about this song. But we already talked about it with uh, Hear About It Later. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, like a, it, it, it's definitely like a jazzy sort of like break yeah. where everybody's sort of like, everybody stop. It's their dad. Every time. And then everybody Here does, again, like, they do piece. it twice in the same song. And they yeah. do it. And they do it a lot. You know, I, th- I think that comes from their upbringing. That's, yeah. that's how they were taught music. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it, and it definitely has, it, it, it definitely feels in, like sort of like, improvisational but it, and, and kind of like a jam but it's like it all just kind of gels together that's a jam plus it uh, gives dave time <laughs> it's like you know what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah well and again like he, he does he doesn't play an instrument but he yeah in this era he was kind of like the face of van halen so Diamond yeah. Dave, boom, three three eleven out. So he out. got uh, take your whiskey home. This song was stolen from me. It was oh, stolen. This, this, this is a shared pick. Colin had it and David had it. Yeah, there you go. I, so this is this song. It's everywhere. But I think that this song is one of the best examples of something that I've said before, and that is that David Lee Roth has always been doing what he's been doing. David Lee Roth has always been David Lee Roth. He has always been this shuffly, song-and-dance, bluesy dude singing, and the stuff that he's doing now is exactly the same. Um, I mean, to, to, to arguable success, but this is who he's always wanted to be. And I think that the band has managed to capture it, and it has become one of their signatures. That Van Halen shuffle, like this, yep. is in. There's a song like this in every record, sometimes two. They nail this feel, right? And I but think they, along they have, with they have to like build a lot of sonic stuff around him. Otherwise, it was just Dave just scatting and doing some sort of like. Well, I mean, it's. I think it it allows Eddie to grow. I mean, Eddie's a great player, but you gotta acknowledge, you know, Dave has has created some needs that Eddie had to work around and it made him a better player, made him a better band member. But uh, you know, the other thing is that the, the, the dynamic range that they bring into the songs, like we just heard in light up the sky, some dropout stuff like that. It changed rock and roll. Rock and roll was not as dynamic other than like the really kind of like spectacular orchestral bands, like, um, like the moody blues and things like that. You didn't have bands who were like, really messing with the, the dynamic range of a given song. Van Halen's doing this, it in three minutes. But this but, but this is definitely like on, on the first sort of like taste that people get. Like this is kind of like a bluesy song, a little Black Oak, Arkansas. You know, and again, like, you know, <clears throat> David Lee Roth in this period was often compared to like somebody who was like imitating the lead singer from Black Oak, Arkansas. <laughs> nice Black Oak, Arkansas reference. That's awesome. That, that, that's we don't have to make it yeah but again like that that's the thing and people are just doing like this dude is aping that guy's you know his, his, like biting on his style and, yeah. and and again like that's that's cool 
rock and roll is not original. It's like no, it's not everything much. about rock and roll is stolen from some previous form of music, what have you. But, uh, but this this song is definitely a, a jam. It's, it's a banger. These are the songs I think of when somebody will say David Lee Roth's a terrible singer. I'm like, I don't agree with that. I mean, he he's not who, a certain like, kind of who's singer. Who's saying that, though? People like, say it. I think you've said it. No, no, I would never say that. <laughs> no, because we know what David Lee Roth is capable of. And he's like, he just he just brings the the sauce to a song. What's Speaking of David Lee, what's going on with his hair right now? Well, you know, for a while, he had some sort of like plugs put in, some sort of implants. Because I saw him play. I saw him. him, Yeah, he was bald. And I saw him play with the Foo Fighters. Like he came out. I saw him at the forum like seven or eight years ago. Hulk Hogan. He was bald, bald. It was before the next reunion with Van Halen. And then like magically he had hair when it came time for the Van Halen. (laughs) Like, I think he. It looks great. I mean, they, they, you know. They did a little so anybody in, who in needs anybody who needs a tube or whatever he's got going on should go to his guy. Yeah, we are. We're into dirty movies from Fair Warning. My favorite track on Fair Warning. Really? And this yeah, is John, I, I, I like the guitarist. It's really like it's really swirly and, and different. Like Eddie's guitar work on this album to me is superior to the, to the guitar work on most other Van Halen albums. I agree. No, and again, this is John's second pick off this record, too. So we're getting like a front-loaded... No, it's his first. First pick. Colin has the first Are you going to pick here about later as well? That was no, me. Colin did. Oh, okay. All right. So you got dirty movies. Go yep. on, John. No, I, I, I was just going to say, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's also the... The story that's been told a million times of, of you know, the uh, the prom queen turned porn star, like, you know, the big, big dreams in the big city. And, uh, you know, things it's go a little pretty. sideways. I feel like this it's, is a really good opportunity for Michael to do a voice. <laughs> hey, you guys, you guys, which, which which voice are you looking for, David? Just well, like, saying, uh, like the, the girl, uh, Dude, the girl, the guy meets the girl. Oh, wow. Be famous. Are oh, you scripting this? Yeah. Oh no! I just like this, this, I, I'm hey, not honey. looking at the lyrics right now, but like this has it got, got the big deal in the back of a limo. Hey, uh, I'll make you famous. You want to get in the back of this cargo container? This is exactly right. where I thought we were going. Yep. Yeah, sorry. It's, it's, this is definitely like a song that should be like on the boogie nights. Uh, Theater of the mind, uh, Michael. But uh, yeah, again, like this is like uh, thematically fits in with like all those other songs. You know, whether they're poison or rad about the girls who get off the Greyhound bus, they're going to come to L.A. and they're going to be big stars. No, no. Braxel Rose. Jump in the back. Yeah. yeah. And then, I, was, I was reading some notes on this, and it said this was the second time Eddie had used a slide uh, on a song. He recorded this on a Gibson SG with a Les Paul Jr. neck. And uh, he couldn't reach high enough on the fretboard, so he had Ted Templeman hold the guitar's lower horn while he sawed it off with a hacksaw in the studio. <laughs> Holy hell. Holy hell. You know, I'm, I'm just going to say, I mean, all respect to Eddie, that's not necessary. <laughs> you know. You could do that with Pro Tools. You could fix that, isn't it? Not then. Yeah, they didn't have Pro Tools back in 1980, whatever this I was. I know, I know, but... 
you know, it's uh, Eddie was a, of course a different kind of cat, but uh, yeah, again, this this song is a slinky, sexy fucking song, you know. And if you're not even paying attention to the lyrics, you just know like it just has like a good sort of like get on the dance floor kind of vibe. Which again, if you remember, like their their you know their background is being like just just play top forty sort of cover songs and be a good backyard party band. It's like this is a song you could s- sneak in, but this is uh They never a- they never played it live either. Hey, Eddie plays his own rhythm guitar to his solo there uh, under it, so it's like it'd be a little little tough to pull off. Mm-hmm. All right, so what, so we, we make a right we, we make a really We're into the Hagar transition. Yay! I, I really like this song, Colin. This this from was in the, the running Sammy, on mine too. To the Sammy Wonderful. era with uh, mine all mine. And who, who's going to claim uh, this puppy? Not it was me. mine. It was mine. Okay, Colin, tell us about this. I, I did, when OU eight one two came out, you know, big expectations, and I thought this was a pretty amazing opening track. It's yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's it opened just, that tour too. Oh, did it? Yeah. It's just a neat thing. You got the you got the the synthesizers in there and Sammy singing and a lot of there's a lot of depth to this song to me. And the rhythm's a little off off the norm, if you will, a little off the the you know regular rhythmic approach. And I thought it was a really neat opening track. And it's five minutes long. Yeah, this, this welcome to it. This is de- <laughs> definitely like an epic song and and one that I that I personally like love. I mean, so, uh, it, because like what you, you were saying there, Colin, like there's there's what Sammy is say, saying in the in the lyrics, you know, it, it has a lot to do with uh, you know, religious and political issues and also personal spiritual issues. It's there's like a like a sense of yearning in this song. It's just like really kind of fits with like what the music is doing which is like the incessant you know uh alex drumming and what eddie's doing with the guitar and, and michael's in there too but it's like this is a fucking bomb of a song i like how the out- chorus is understated the chorus isn't like heavy in your face the chorus is kind of low and subdued right it, yeah. it, 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 you're right it, it kind of actually kind of like comes down like all the energy like comes down yeah and it's like and now we do the chorus softly that's right it's almost subversive kind of hanging back there like it's a little sneaky it's 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 a little weird and this is an album opener which which is a weird selection for Dude, the whole track. record i mean uh, you've said weird like five times mike it's an apt review for ou812 it's a weird record it's a it weird is. record yeah i i you know it, it goes all over the place musically some of it it's some some not to me um it's it's not my favorite of the sammy records but the tracks that i do like from that record i really like I, you know, I think I think this is great. Somebody put Cabo Wabo on. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, I like that too. Like, I, I think. Yeah. So again, like, I've, what what I'd like uh, some representation of uh, of the Sammy era and stuff and but, great solo. But this, yeah, this is a monster song. It's just like you have to imagine, like, when this came out. I'm going to say in '88. It's like. Album opener has to be big, has to be like broad shouldered, has to be like epic, has to pound, and it also has to be like a little introspective, a little. As, as, here's the other breakdown that we're hearing right now. 
you know, it's like, I don't know. See, in, see, in, a, in a way, had, this, well, in a way, OU812 is a little bit of a road record, too, because they toured for a long time on 5150, and they got off the road, and already their management was like, Monsters of Rock, we're doing it. And it's like, <laughs> like, like the stadiums are already booked. Other acts are already booked. We are going out on the road. They're like, but we have to make a record. And it's like, well, you better get that shit out. Tour starts soon. <laughs> yeah. got, a little, like, you got a little extra time before you open for Kingdom Come. But, no, but, no, but, no, 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 <laughs> no. So, but like, but, but, but I'm like, uh, you know, having to like tour with David Lee Roth and his, uh, and his Pope Horism. You know, now, I'll take the cup. Sam, right. Sammy plays guitar. Sammy writes songs. Sammy writes lyrics. Sammy is like, basically an added sort of like secret weapon they should have just kept dave paid paid, bought bought some coke kept dave and had sammy play rhythm guitar there you go play a little keyboard from time to time they could do that last song with the rhythm part this you know this record is so soft it drives Dude, me I, it's head to head with skyscraper. Oh, the scorcher skyscraper <laughs> that you're putting it up against? Like, oh, I'm sorry. Are you talking about a thrash record that I, I missed? I can't hear you, dude. Like, I yeah. This one overkills fuck you came out. <laughs> it totally was. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's, man. It's soft. It's, the it's, only thing yeah, this record's missing is Michael McDonald singing backups. Well, he, he was he was on. He wasn't in Cabo that week. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's it's definitely a musical change and one that a lot of people found palatable and enjoyable. Who found this one? This one's the, hey, Michael. What do you think of this? Can David? I just ah, oh, this is so good. Fifty-one fifty from the album called Five One Five Zero. Fifty-one fifty. Fucking love this album. Five Five One Five Zero is a police code for. Criminally insane. Oh, Criminally that's insane. right. Yes, yeah. I did. We shoot on sight if you're black, but like, wow. I don't, I don't know if that's exactly part of the code, but that's that. Eddie latched on to that. His studio was named 5150 when he got when he got it built up. But uh, so this this record this song sneaks up on you on the second side after all the other singles. I think it's like the third or fourth song on the second side and it's like I, I'm exhausted by like all the greatness and then this song love Alex's up. drums on this man I think there's, there's there's so many more great elements of the things that I couldn't figure out when I was like oh I don't know like the summer of between eighth grade and and and, and, and uh, freshman year was like why don't they sing about five one five zero? They should probably do that because, like, that's what they called the song, and they don't. And the album. They don't need to, apparently, which is weird. Like, why doesn't Iron Maiden say, "The Trooper, the Trooper is coming for you"? They just, they don't. Take a page out of Everclear's book. How's that? 
name the songs a little more directly. <laughs> yeah, every Everclear song is an exact, like, so literal, like, this is a song I read about me and my black girlfriend. Like, what's it called? It's called Black Girlfriend. Like, okay, we got it. Yeah. Yeah, what's this song about? This is a girl I dated, and she was into heroin. What's it called? Heroin Girl. All right. Check. Yep. You just write the set list with a Sharpie, and it's like, what, what, which song is that? It's like, dude, come on. But anyhow, so like, what, what is it, John? You, you, you felt a little something when this, when this first came on. What, what were you thinking? Wait, like when the song first started? Hmm. Well, I mean, just that I love fifty one fifty top to bottom. So, it's like, except I don't love inside that much. But <laughs> no, that's kind of a lame. It's a lame jam. A little tack on. Um, I, you know, it, it was just, it, it was, they, they were my band and, and I just, I love 5150. And so even the deep cuts like this are, I still hold very dear. So I, you know, I, it's just a great song, great album. I, I, this isn't my favorite track on the album, but it's good. I like the, the way the guitar changes a lot. There's low, there's high and, and, and I don't know, it's just, it's kind of a weird Alex, Alex is the MVP on the song. Yeah, but it but it's a good tune. But but I, I always give it to like for me it's like it's it's the singer and the lyrics are, are like part of like the thing that's sort of like that's the thing that tickles the balls. It's like that's the thing. It's like damn, if you could do that, like that will that will get me in. And and again, like I just remember like probably I I can't exactly remember when this record came out, but. I was still I, I was still getting dropped off on the bus there on <laughs> Road, and I have to make the walk up Foothill Road, which was literally a foothill road, like a poorly paved road to get to my house. And I had my headphones on, and when I had this on, it just I, I could felt I feel like I could fly. It was like the song that came before that was the one. What's the song that comes before this? It's like uh, when, when love walks in. So I maybe be on the bus with that, and then I get out there with 5150. Make it's like I, I would always feel like, oh my gosh, this is the story about a grandpa who always had to like walk uphill, you know, both ways to get back home, and I literally kind of did. Uh, and it's like, I just felt like I could fly. Just thank you, Van Halen. Sometimes it was right out of the cellar. Sometimes it was like maybe some some twisted sisters. Drops out to just Eddie, then just Eddie and his bro him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was I was 14 when this record came out, and this is like right when I started to like try to get a band together. And this record just every this after like runaway by bon jovi and angry young man by billy joel this record had the songs that all like the band nerds would learn and play on piano every <laughs> single freaking time they walked into a classroom that had a piano in it and it's like would you guys please just the shut intro up. to dreams just knocking Dude. it out <laughs> or no it was always love walks in Dum, oh, bum, yeah. Bum, bum. like yeah i know you can play five notes on a scale dude i get it totally get it but like this record is so clean and happy and me 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 this is like when my band would play they got rid of dave it was a celebration it's like this is like when my band would play we used to play this like seedy little bar 
and the, the like we would open and play and we were like these like scraggly oh, wow. kids and then like an old Here. man band would Hang get on. up and let, play let let dave tell us how 50 oh. when 50 was so soft well, yeah, while gone, Van Halen plays the clarinet. <laughs> I, I, on, did, I didn't even have to think too long or hard when I saw the title. <laughs> oh, you were oh, thinking hard. Dave picked this song. This is back. Okay, we're, so we're going to revisit my Dave's Always Been Doing This. And I'm going to tell you, man, Dave is awesome. You're going to hear me say it a million times. I freaking love David Lee Roth. He pushes that band at every turn to do something different and to be better. Yeah. This is Those Alex old... and Eddie just saying, like, let, let's put Dad on a record. Let's yeah, just let yeah, him do a solo. Oh, and right. then they were like, well, what do we do with it? And they're like, I don't know. Just let dude, Dave this talk is, over it. This like, is whatever. why. Like, <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, they got rid of David Lee Roth because he was better friends with their dad than they are. <laughs> Maybe so. He's just like over in the corner with a clarinet, like, yeah, baby, this is one of many cover songs you get off of Diver Down. Um, I'm not sure who the, the original artist was, but like, uh, again, like old jazz songs, old blues songs have like a lot of parents. But uh, again, I have to say, it's like, it's, if you're not expecting, like, you know, to do the metal forks and mosh around, it's like, all right, it's 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 okay. It was, good sound. It probably, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like you're walking down Main Street at Disneyland. It's yeah, in this song was probably <laughs> in our uh, lifetime. Extreme, this song extreme. was probably this song was probably most notably performed in our lifetime by Leon Redbone, who was a huge hit in the late '70s, early '80s. Um, and then later in the 80s with the Mr. Belvedere soundtrack. Um, but, I mean, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, that sounds fine, but it's just a... Any Woody Allen movie. This album is just such a bad album. I love this album. Yeah. This album. No, it's, it's, we used yeah, to walk yeah, down the, 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 the diver down is like... Probably it, the worst it, it, fan It's almost record. telling oh, on easy, itself. It's like, yeah. easy. He's drowning. Yeah, yeah. I, I the diver is down. The diver's down. Someone needs Tell to like figure out what happened to the people visiting the Titanic. Dude, you could be in my high school. The whole building could be completely quiet. Somebody's gone their way to the bathroom with the bathroom passing you here. Well, this is still playing though. Like, compare this. Compare this to like Ice Cream Man. It's over. Ice Cream Man's much it's better. Over, dude. Is but it? it's the same idea. <laughs> Ice Cream Man's great too, oh, man. I'd almost made my list, but it, right, it, so we got it's hard to call that. Right now. It's hard to call Ice Cream Man a, a deep cut. They play it live. That's true. Eddie's true. guitar yeah. work in this song is so yeah. aggressive. So here, here, here's my second track, also off Fair Warning, Sinner Swing. There's the swing for you, Dave. They're it's, back. It's, they're actually not swinging, but okay. Swinging like time. a rusty gate. You get a little, you know, you, you got a little bit of it in there. What, this song wouldn't swing if it was hanging from a rope, Michael. Figure it out. The the VH Michael Anthony backups again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's again yeah, the, the the pace of the song. It's it's it, it's energy. It's propulsive. Once a year, when David's like, "Give me a Van Halen song where Michael Anthony actually sings backup." Here we go. Was he on this one? <laughs> yes. Dude, you can just imagine they're like they're putting together Molly Crew and they're like, look, man, either play bass or sing vocals. And he's like, how about 
<laughs> Neither. <laughs> no, there, there's there's interesting stories too about like you know again because when Michael Anthony joined Van Halen, he was in a band where he sang lead vocals. Really, the band that he joined it was called at the time Mammoth. You know, so like that that's why you know. Today, we'll like, sorry, that's my son's name. Knows that, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know. Because like they, they realized they couldn't call themselves Genesis because there was another band, turns out called Genesis. But uh, huh. Eddie, was doing Genesis all the lead, USA. Eddie was doing the lead vocals. So there are they're great singers. I don't think there's anything that Eddie does bad. He's probably obviously super cool with cocaine. Yeah. You didn't say crawl. Any, uh, any oh, questions? Oh, thank you, God. Oh, you said, I got your back, uh, Michael. Did you say crawl or crow? Well, yeah, I, I, I said crawl like the movie. Yeah. I love crawl. <laughs> crawl is like, you know, the with with the glaive. Yeah, with the glaive. <laughs> yeah. The beast. No, uh, crawl. Crawl. I love crawl. I get the... I get the right, so um, so we'll, we'll make for the record. Dave, did you say crawl or crow? No, I'm talking about crawl because Colin oh, okay. crawl. I have the I video just misunderstand. And, I and I have the graphic crawl. And I have the graphic novel. But, the, but, but definitely Eddie Van Halen and Alex were, and Dave were experts at Krell. Yeah, before we moved to like Metallica, my my weekend medal was going to be a Krell off between David Lee Roth and Ozzy, where he almost killed Ozzy. They were opening for Ozzy and he and Ozzy went head to head on a cocaine binge. And Dave, the next day, showed up. Van Halen's ready to do their set, and Ozzy was so knocked out they had to cancel the show. Dave almost killed him. Oh my gosh! Yeah. In a crowd. And you guys love. And you guys like Sammy Hagar. And I, and I would think he would just be like, "Let's just do, you know, flip the hat around. Let's bring some Cabo Wabo." Seven in. minutes of Sammy Hagar for back to so you like, one too. Oh. There will be some over banter here. So as as we get back into another OU812, which uh, again, like is our third Sammy uh, entry here. And again, like everybody has like a lot of butthurt feelings about like Sammy or they just, or they don't like the, the music direction and stuff. I don't know. It's, John was already saying like OU812 was like a, definitely like a, a musical exploration and i think that that's what um, you know eddie was all about too it's like we do other things and definitely like combining with uh with somebody like uh with, with, with sammy hagar it's like all right just just down for whatever and uh and of course this song becomes sort of like uh almost sort of, sort of like a 40 years hence, not 40 years, only oh, coming like this album comes out in uh, 88, so uh, yeah, 35. But like, you know, Sammy, like, was like thinking, like, I'm gonna fucking trademark the hell out of this shit. This is like, this is his identity, this is this is lifestyle. He's sort of laid back, he's easy going, he's like super productive. But like, this song is just sort of like a, a nice little kind of like. Just like lay back and just hang out, pop some beers, just sort of like just take it easy on the beach. It's Imagine really like sort of Sammy Hagar showing up to a rehearsal. Hey, you guys wanna, you guys wanna brush your teeth? 
No. Like, you want to take a shot of tequila? Did, we, t- did we talk sense. about on the show the deal that happened with Cabo? While yeah, I, with, yeah, exactly. with the tequila? I think I was going. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Like, so, like, so Sammy starts it up. And he's like, look, I'm going to start this tequila. And, and, and Mike, you know, those two are generally in lockstep. And Mike's like, yeah, I'll throw in. Like, I'll, I'll, I'm I'll buy in I'm for Mike. it. Oh, 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 oh Mike, Mike Anthony. Michael yeah. Anthony, yeah. yeah. So, like, like you know, he's Not like, the yeah, Van Halens. I'll, I'll get in there. Well, oh. no, the Van Halens were like. Yeah, I would have been all in. The Van Halens were like, hey, what are you guys doing? Like, why are you starting this? Why can't we be part of it? And Sammy's like, well, you can't. Like, I'm going to start this up. We need seed money. Like, we each throw in a million dollars. We'll start this tequila brand, right? Dude, and they're we like, should oh, do that. okay, fine. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so they all put in a million. And, like, I don't know, six or eight months later, either Eddie or Alex starts rattling the cage and they're like, hey, we're not getting our money back. We want our money back. Like, we put in money and we're not getting money back. And he's like, okay, okay, like, here, you can each have your million back. Like, it's, it's fine. And then he sells it for like half a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like, oops. Yep. <laughs> I, I, and, and again, I, we, we've talked before about like just uh, the, the really kind of unfortunate nature in which like the, the Van Halen brothers, like, you know, just like kind of manage themselves, you know, in, in the absence of other people to kind of like, you know, if there was like a Q prime to like get them, like they could be on the fucking stage where Metallica was this month, but they're not. You know, well, one of them is they, 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 they did, and they did no musical output. You know, beyond like Colin, I think almost sort of like sinisterly suggested I should get something from like Van Halen three on here. Sorry, it wasn't, it wasn't to be. It wasn't to be sinister. I know you and your rocket raccoon. You get down there and no, I, 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 I really like the single that they put out for Van Halen Three. Right, I, I went and listened to that, and it was like, <laughs> is this a fucking extreme record? It's not good. I mean, is this, is this any kind, Van kind of is? Like, like, but no, without no, you, the first, I think the only single they put out for that record. I like that song. This smoke still playing? Yeah, it totally is because it's like it, 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 a long you just time get yourself life. a nice tequila, David. You 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 know you find an umbrella and I don't even pop know. this I on. You, you have to wait in line for like one of those big plastic flute drinks filled with Slurpee <laughs> and maybe like two or three shots of tequila. It's definitely yeah. a gallon of Slurpee. Definitely has maybe. One we shot. Might, we might have to do a Van Halen not deep cuts episode too. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, yeah. Put it back in your pants. We'll, we'll, we we'll do it pants. one of those days where you're quote unquote tired, like when Iron Maiden's playing or Metallica. <laughs> yes. No, but yeah, but again, I, obviously, like Sammy has since sort of like, and again, like uh, you know, thanks to I don't know what I don't know what the Hurricane Hillary did to. Baja, we, we probably saw it on the news, but pretty uh, disastrous stuff there, you know. But that obviously is like Sammy's like little, you know, paradise on earth right there at the end of uh, you know Cabo Wabo, the uh, Cabo San Lucas. Uh, so like, not to make light of any people suffering out there, it's like shout out to them, and hopefully FEMA will come and take care of them. Yeah, FEMA's definitely gonna show up there. Something. 
Oh. Uh, this is just like five more minutes of this song. No, no, it's still, it, it's, it's still happening. No, it, it, if he wants to make love in the sea, it takes a while because of shrinkage. <laughs> Come on, give the guy a fucking break, dude. I feel like if if we went back also, we to like 1979, if we could like travel time and went back to 1979, we were like, guys, we have an emergency. Listen to this song. This is what happens to Van Halen. They'd be like, we have to stop it. There's a fucking plot for a movie right That's there. Right. Back to the Future 4. Like a hot, the plot dude, to kill Sammy Hagar. I think that that would be like a good one for like a hot tub time machine part six. We have to save Chevy Marty. Chase needs we got to save Van Halen. That's right. It's exactly David's right. final track. Thank you. Please get us out of here 10 years earlier. Something this is what I'm saying. We go back to 1978. Grab some kids in the parking lot. We gotta save Van Halen. <laughs> Marty, you gotta come back with me. <laughs> it's the back of this Is it my kids? Know. It's Van Halen's. <laughs> so this is that this is that go flip to side. Yeah, Eddie is pushing the pedals on this song. Right? Eddie's Eddie's on the pedals, Dave's on the steering wheel. And this song just smokes. Dude, how great is it that Wolfgang fished this out of the bowl for the Taylor Hawkins tribute? Yeah, dude. dude. Yeah. Not not a pick yeah, you think. You know what I mean? It, it was wasn't one of the hits he did, but it, it was one of the awesome. Hits. That's the thing. Yeah. But like, but, but it's but it's a song, and again, because what have you? It's like everybody knows this song, but it's like it is a tasty deep cut. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I'm fire. This is every time, um, every time I think Joey Mahoney imp- does an impression of David Lee Roth, I believe this is the scream that he does. He'll have to verify that. <laughs> it, um, it, 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 it's, it's a really well-produced scream. Yeah. Yeah, th- for a while, there was a, like actively circulating, uh, people were actively circulating um, acapella David Lee Roth soundboards. And they're amazing. So if you, if you haven't had the opportunity, just Google David Lee Roth soundboard. And like, I think all of Running with the Devil is on an internet soundboard that you can just push buttons and it screams and says stuff. And there's lots of woes and oh no's. And scre- it's amazing. It's super you, awesome. You could just use those as sort of like your call signature when like people you're like sent, you know, it, it brings up, somebody. yeah, it brings up like a web page with like 20 buttons on it. And they're all like David Lee Roth acapella drops from, uh, all right. from that, that, that various would be my, songs. That would be my ringtone when, when you call, David. Like, what? <laughs> I, I don't know that he ever does that. Well, no, I was I was thinking like saying like the Three Stooges, but anyhow. Uh, okay, that's fair. That, that'd be awesome too. So, I'll tell so you that I think I think that the the person who's slacking on this song. Is Alex really? Oh, he's laying I, back. I think, and I just think he's laying back a little, a little hard on this one. I, I, I think he's bringing like enough sort of like symbols, you know, Japanese gong. He's he's, he's thumping along. All right, all right. I'm not a fan of this song. No, no, I didn't ask. It's a deep cut. <laughs> I got you on the next one, Colin. Thank you. <laughs> My, my last song is a bit of a cheat. One, it's a I cheat, want, bro. I, I, Yo, wait a minute. Here's the thing. 
<laughs> I, I, look, it doesn't have a clarinet. You're, this is also to, to teach David things. Like, so, so when, when Sammy joined Van Halen, he had one album left on his contract uh, as a solo artist. And they let him go off and join Van Halen with under the condition that he had to come back and do a record. And so when he came back after 5150, he put out this album called I Never Said Goodbye. And honestly, it's almost like a little sort of final chapter to 5150 because <laughs> Eddie plays on the entire album uh, alongside Sammy. He plays bass. He also produced the entire album. I think Billy Sheehan played so, bass on this one. <laughs> well, they do one of the Apache brothers. Shy boy. <laughs> anyway, like I said, all my 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 true favorite Van Halen songs, especially from the Sammy era, were singles. Um, they released a lot of singles for those records, and and uh, my brothers here had already picked some songs that I really liked that weren't singles. So I threw this one in, and uh, a, a gift to Colin. Very and nice. Maybe not so much for David. Thank you, Mr. Harden. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's it's definitely again like a record. Again, you know, I remember when this record came out, it, it didn't actually have a title. It was just like Sammy Hagar. Yeah, when it came out, it didn't have a name. Yeah. Yep. But uh, it, it 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 was like a definitely a regular cassette fixture in my little cassette box that I used to carry around. And damn it, it just okay. So like I'm. I'm gonna go back. I have that on cassette too, or on a CD too. Obviously, that that sounds like really weird because like we're listening to it on computer right now. But uh, <laughs> and and during the OU812 tour, you know, they they would all have their solos. Sammy's solo was Eagles Fly. Right there, record. you go. That that was the song. The Eagles yeah. Fly song was like, yeah. Damn, I washed the earth from my face and looks up and something about an eagle seems like a little ripped off from like pink floyd but like that's you know everybody's ripping off something from somebody but i think the production like, on the song is good i kind of wish ed had produced more van halen records or, or just actually written more songs and put out more music well i mean that then we'd have more deep cuts but here's our little breakdown Look at this slouch on guitar, Sammy Hagar. Like Sammy, Sammy play guitar. How you doing with this, Dave? It's just not good. It's like <laughs> these guys can't be like, like I want Van Halen to be like smoking cigarettes and doing coke. I don't want them like being all happy. Nah, man. How about the hammer coming down though, bro? See? I don't think this guy's ever seen a hammer. Did this seem oh, aggressive? Sammy's gonna bring the hammer down. Dude, this guy's like, hey man, you wanna build some you shelves? Saw him in that kids? video with Sylvester Stallone. a song about bringing the hammer down. And they're all like, let's sing that song while we're building shelves. <laughs> we're building shelves. <laughs> they're all like, I'm gonna play us out with every, Ice Cream Man. Every well, time, I watch these guys. Every time you hit shelves. a nail, say down. No, this, this, this again. This is this is an album, oh, uh, another album opener. So as as far as deep cuts go, even if it were on that particular Sammy record, like 
I don't know if there was a single or a... I don't think they did any singles or any videos for this. E- e- Eagles Fly was a single. Yeah, yeah, that was a big but single. There, was, there were no videos. And, 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 and there's a video like, for Eagles yeah, Fly. Yeah, there's a video for yeah, Eagles Fly. Clips from yeah. Iron Eagle 4. And then... Yeah, I don't remember seeing it on, like, the MTVs. But Blue like, Gossett Jr. Yeah, I, I, they released Give to Live as a single and Eagles Fly. Yeah. From those That's records. a stupid oh, Give to Live? That, oh, give shit. Live. Okay, I gotta... Okay, I'm gonna you know like what, Michael's gonna tomorrow. Play this, Sounds play like this. Mike's fishing that cassette out tomorrow. That's oh right. shit! I'm just I'm gonna ask Alexa to play. Don't say her name. <laughs> Don't. Actually, right, she's that, listening that, that, now. That's that's why we, Dude, that's you why just I, ruined like eight people's day. Yeah, <laughs> including we, we, David Timoney's. Alexa, we, we, play we, "I Never Said Goodbye" by <laughs> Sammy Hagar. <laughs> we call it something else so that if you can Ziggy guess it, we or something. We call it her. <laughs> No, or like, or like be in our Phoenix movie. You'll be in our living room. You'll be in our living room, and somebody will say it, and everybody looks. <laughs> yeah, it's like don't say her name. Don't say her name. <laughs> That's it. The there's the there's road. the Van Halen deep cuts for the evening. Yeah, we, we did all right. Quick, quick that, and easy. I think we part. talked about Metallica as long as we talked about the Van Halen songs. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like. I mean, do, do we do we leave anything out though? Is there anything else that we just if we just want to name check? Or, I don't know. Other, no. other deep cuts. <laughs> I mean, I definitely thought about putting David Lee Roth solo songs in here. So touche, John Harden. But yeah, I didn't. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. Which, I did. Was it cheap? And if which, I did, you were in charge the, of the Here's playlist, the thing. I played a song it. that featured two members of Van Halen when the record came out. You would have picked a song. Featuring no members of Van Halen when it came out. Yeah, and and also <laughs> solid point, dude. The song closed. closed. The song was <laughs> Ocean denied. <laughs> All right, let's land this plane. Is oh, John Harden? Let's Harden's do it, Colin. Saying. You do it. Uh, well, I got the intro and the outro. Oh, boy, it's, it's, what there a you day. go. Hey, oh my God. It's not even, it's not even Christmas yet. Wow. <laughs> well, thank you all just, very much just, for hanging with us. Just don't land it Putin, Putin style. Wow. Jeez. Oh, I lay. That won't, be as, that, events. that won't be as sharp when this gets published. <laughs> It'll be tomorrow. Okay. It tomorrow. was an accident. So, yeah, to put the to put the other bookend in place. Thank you very much for hanging out with us to listen to the Van Halen deep cuts. We've got Michael Stamps in Sellersville. We've got John Hard in Austin, Texas. We've got usually you say meow or something. Yeah, yeah. We got David Timoney and in, in uh, Philadelphia. My name's Colin Bossler. I'm in Whitehall. What's next, gents? Anything we want to when we want to tease with before we? I don't know. Ran off. Secret. Okay. You know. Check right. us on the socials. All there the socials. Go. Yeah, you know Secret. all that now. Are yeah. we on threads now? Did we do threads? Did we get no, the no, 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 yeah, Twitter, MHPod, and uh, Facebook, Middle-Aged Metalheads. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. most, most professional podcasts, like, have, like, a, a little segment where it's sort of like, and this is where you could find us on the socials, and there's, like, a little box well, that, like, comes in, but, like, but, yeah. We're authentic. We do. If you're ourselves. interested, if, try just hard. Wing it. That's the whole thing. I mean, Fuck you're already try a winger. Try you're winger. Already, you're already listening to no, us. One you're already listening. If you're listening to this, you're, you're an authentic person too. Oh my gosh. You're, All right, you're folks. You. Uh, yep. Say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie. <laughs>